definitely human. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Monster Hunters Episode 2, The Heir of the Dog So, here we are, darling. Take a look at that. That's right impressive. Those hills out there are all mine. Every single one of them. You ever owned a hill? No. Uh, I don't think my uncle could afford a hill. Not everyone can. It's hard work owning a hill. The upkeep's a drag. If I wasn't England's richest man, I'd bankrupt myself looking after that thing. The cost of plumbing's a nightmare. Plumbing? On a hill? That's right. You can do anything you want when you own a hill. Anything. I'm going to get a statue put up there, made out of gold. Tony Hands, England's richest man. Because that's what I am. You like this car? Um, Yes. All gold. Every single part of it. Solid bloody gold. Watch this. A record player. (laughs) It helps to get in the mood. And now all I need to do is... Oh! My chair! Reclining chairs. A little music. A beautiful view. Ow! Oh, are you all right? Uh, it's, it's nothing. Damn shoulder giving me trouble. Are you hot? I'm as hot as hell. Well, actually, I'm a bit cold. I don't normally go out onto the moors at night. Actually, um, maybe we should be getting back now. My uncle, you know, he worries. I... What? Nonsense. Say, why don't we have a little champagne? You ever heard of that stuff? Um... Yes. Great. That's just great. It's chilling in the boot. You just stay here. Relax. Put on a B-side. I'll be right back. Oh. Oh. Tony? Are you all right? Tony? Tony? Tony, where are you? I'd like to go home now. Tony? Tony, this isn't funny. I want to go home. Who's there? Is that you? Oh, my God. 
Take two elements, any two elements, say electricity and water, on their own, perfectly harmless. But when you mix them together, maybe in a bowl, dynamite. Roy Steele, beast tracker and lady enthusiast. Lorimer Chesterfield, legend collector and the thinking man's thinking man. My name is Sir Maxwell House. I took those two elements and like some kind of scientific blacksmith, I forged them together. Forged them into a team that would look danger in the eye and bring it down with the knowledge of a man and the fist of a man. They are the Monster Hunters. Roy, look at this painting. The brushwork. It's exquisite. Hmm, whatever. Roy Steele, put that drinks cabinet away and come and have a look at something truly historic. Yeah, yeah, very nice. But if I wanted to look at old paintings, there's a young lady at the National who's more than obliging. I don't need Sir Maxwell's help. There's more to life than just girls and fisticuffs, Roy. Take this painting here. Look at the use of colour. The yellows, for example. Hang on. Isn't that... That's right. Mustard. That's a picture of Lord Carlton Hands. He made the family fortune in the mustard trade. When he had this house place finished, he had it commissioned. Every single colour on that little painting there is actually mustard. Some of it's green. That's right. Let me introduce myself. I'm Tony Hands, England's richest man. And you made all your money in mustard? I call it edible gold. Want some? It's nearly lunchtime. Um, no. What's wrong? You allergic to mustard? No, no, it's just, well, it's a little early for me. Aha! That's all right, squire. Just testing your mettle. I can't stand the stuff myself. I got out of the mustard game a long time ago. These days I deal in hills. You seen my hill? That's what being England's richest man buys you. I don't think you brought us to Han's house to cut the mustard, though. No, you're right. Roy Steele, isn't it? When I asked Sir Maxwell House to send me the best, I thought he meant Lord Gregory. I think you'll find that our experience in the monster hunting game is more than sufficient. I take it that's why we're here. That's right. What do you know about Devonshire, gentlemen? It's legends. Well, this part of the country has always been prey to reports of unnatural happenings, from witchcraft to ghost stories, and worse. Some of the stories are very old, but their tendrils stretch even into this, our modern world of 1971. Gentlemen, let me tell you, in all seriousness, that all the gold in England cannot protect us from the forces of evil that surround Han's house. For years, the locals have said that a beast stalks the grounds and hills. They even say they've heard it on the night of the full moon. But you don't believe them? I'd seen the broken fences, the mutilated animals, but when you come from a family of mustard barons, well, you get used to seeing the more dangerous side of life. I told those crazy locals to relax and slip them some gold. Crazy talk is no good for anyone. Then, three days ago, I got some first-hand experience. Please, go on. I was... Driving a girl back to her home. Just a local kid, you know the type. Well, I'd stopped, just for a minute, to show her the hill. And that's... that's when it happened. What happened, Hans? I don't know for certain. I'd gone to get some champagne from the boot. Nice move. (laughs) 
thanks. After that, it's just a blur. I remember hearing her screams. The sound of some kind of animal. Maybe a dog. Did you see it? No. I must have passed out. When I came to, I found the girl. It was horrible. Ripped to pieces. By a werewolf? Jesus. I'm sorry. Did I startle you? Yes, you did. Hello there, madam. You certainly know how to make an entrance. Yes. Let me introduce you to Madeline Lockhart. Miss Lockhart, this is... A pleasure to meet you. My name is Roy Steele. Can I call you Maddie? No. And this is Professor Lorimer Chesterfield of London's London University. The Professor Chesterfield, author of What I Don't Know About Myths and Legends? Well, uh, yes. Although technically I do know all those things now. It's an honour. Oh, you've read it? Read it. It is one of the most important books in its field. Your description of the blind banshee of Billericay is of unparalleled importance to all students of the supernatural. Oh, so you're... I've travelled the world, tracking and researching reports of paranormal activity, and then I kill it. Really? Yes. Do you have a problem with that, Mr Steele? No, it's just... Well, you're a woman. That's right. So, Mrs Lockhart, how did you come to hear of Mr Han's problem? Like all paranormal experts, I keep my ear to the ground. I'm sure you understand, Professor. Oh, yes, of course. You must keep your ear to the ground. And your nose to the grindstone. Uh, Well, you can't really do that if your ear's on the ground. Depends how big your grindstone is. Well, yes, I suppose so. And it's Miss. What is? I am. You are what? Miss Lockhart. Oh, 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 I see. Well, uh... What say we cut the chat and get down to the business Mr. Hans is paying us for? Well, some of us. Yes, indeed. Mr. Hans? Hmm? Sorry, (laughs) I was miles away. I was thinking about gold leaves. Gold leaf? No, gold leaves. To attach to trees. I think I've decided it wouldn't work. Anyway, back to my problem. I don't know whether I'm being stalked by a werewolf, or whether it's some crazy money obsessive, obsessed by money. That's certainly what I thought of Maddie here before she proved to me otherwise. And when she suggested werewolves, well, I knew we needed some experts. Thanks. You're welcome. I've spent good money kidding this place out with the finest computerized surveillance and security system in the world. And because I'm England's richest man, I've had it done in gold. Wouldn't it have cost less money to use conventional materials? I want you fellas and Maddie here to spend the night at Han's house. If anything gets through the security system, I want you to put it down like it was some ferocious slavering beast. Which it very probably will be. Well, I think it's best if we get started. I'd like to take a look at your computer, Mr. Hans. Miss Lockhart, perhaps you'd like to come with me? And I best put my hunting skills to use in the grounds. If something is on its way, we need to be prepared. Madeline, why don't you join me? Show me some of your talents. I would rather... Good, that's settled. We'll keep in contact using the walkie-talkies. Let's get to it. Take a look at this, Chesterfield. 
Oh, it's so compact. It only takes up half the room. This computer here is going to revolutionize the modern world. I confidently predict that in the next 40 to 100 years, every man in the street will have a computer they can carry around on their backs, like some kind of technological backpack. Really? You don't think it'll be sooner? No. I've had sensors placed all around the grounds. If anything crosses the sensor grid, an alarm will sound and we can identify it here. And who is this gentleman? Who? Oh, you mean Ian. It's his job to report back to me in the minutest technical detail what these babies are picking up. Say hello to Professor Chesterfield, Ian. <gasps> um, hello. <gasps> Don't worry about Ian, Chesterfield. He lost his tongue in a freak punching accident in London's East End. He's a first-rate security man, and he doesn't need to do any actual talking. We call this device here a screen. This shows us all the data we need. He just pushes that button there. And I come running. Ah, this takes me back. The open terrain, the sun on your back. It's like... Africa? Yes, there too. So, Maddie, how did you get into the hunting game? (sighs) Mr. Steele, I have already thoroughly checked the grounds myself every day for the last two days. Had they been compromised, I would have noticed. Wouldn't it be more useful to help Professor Chesterfield? Well, it won't hurt to take a man's eye view. So, you've read Lorimer's stuff. Haven't you? I've looked at the pictures. That witchcraft chapter's strong stuff. It must be quite an honour to work with the country's foremost expert in the paranormal. I think the honour's all his. Listen, Madeline, I like your style. You're a no-nonsense woman, I respect that. Women's libs or whatever. Why not, after we've punched this werewolf in the face, we go to a little spot I know in town? It's called my house. The branded instant soup's on me. Or, why don't we stick to the business in hand? Now stop right there! Hurt your masculine pride, Mr. Steele. It's the 1970s now. We don't need some knight in shining polyester to ride in and save us anymore. It wasn't actually that. I was looking at the massive paw print directly behind you. My God... It's what? About double the size of a normal dog's? I'd say double the size. This is no ordinary dog. When you've been hunting as long as me, you get a nose for a musk. And this isn't dog musk. Here, help me with the walkie-talkie. Just pull on the aerial. And some more. And some more. And some more. Roy to Lorimer. Come in, Lorimer. Is Hans with you? No, it's just me and Ian. Say hello, Ian. (sighs) We've found a paw print. It must be fairly fresh. Within the last 24 hours, I'd say. Ian, can you pinpoint Roy's signal and bring it up on the screen? (sighs) Good. (sighs) What's he saying? No idea. But from what I'm seeing here, you're very close to the edge of the moor. But I don't understand. Hans said this security system was unbeatable. And 
paw print is leading towards the moor. But what does all this mean? I'm not sure, but what I do know is that it's a mistake to think on an empty stomach. I think it's time we had a scotch. Roy out. Back to the house. Tony Hans' drinks cabinet is solid gold and that's not a simile. You go. There's still a few hours of daylight left. I can't think how I missed this track. I want to take a few samples and perhaps Professor Chesterfield can analyse them for us. Look, you don't have to impress me, you know. I'm impressed enough already. It's not you I'm trying to impress. Right. I don't understand what that means. I'll see you at dinner, Mr Steele. This cutlery, it's solid gold. And the goblets. (laughs) That's right, Professor. All gold. I love only gold. Doesn't it remind you of the past, though? The mustard? I might not like the stuff, but its tangy nose-twitching flavour has provided three generations of my family with wealth. Why not celebrate it the only way I know how? Via the medium of gold. Not joining us at the table, Roy? I was just admiring the view of the moor. You know, wasn't it Byron who said, The moor is very big. Or something. When I look on that view, all I can feel is terror, gentlemen. To be England's richest man, and to be so trapped. But with the three of you here... Where is the lovely Miss Lockhart? Dressing for dinner, I believe. What do you know about her hands? Well, from what I've seen, quite slender. Small, but not unpleasant. No, no, not her hands. Her hands. Uh... Roy, what are you implying? Nothing. But don't you think it's a little convenient that she turns up at the very moment Tony Hands is terrorised by a huge, slavering werewolf? Roy Steele, just because you found a woman who is finally impervious to your charms, you think she's some kind of hideous, flesh-eating beast? I happen to have spent at least 48 and a half minutes talking to her, and I happen to find her charming and well-informed. Is this a bad time? Not at all, my dear. Oh, your dress. Is that... I believe the colour is... peach, Professor. My my wife used to wear something similar. You're married? I was. I'm sorry, Professor Chesterfield. Oh, don't be, my dear. And please, call me Lorimer. Gentlemen and lady, I don't want to kill the mood, but the full moon is nearly up and full. Are you any closer to solving my problem? Well, it does look like you have a werewolf problem, Mr. Hans. The good news is, rather than breaking into your estate, it seems the wolf has been breaking out. And that's the good news? It most certainly is. It limits the terrain we have to search. And that's where I come in. I'll hunt it, catch it, and shoot it in the face. That's what you do with werewolves. Isn't that right, Miss Lockhart? Roy? No. No, your friend is quite right, Professor Chesterfield. It could be any one of us. We must examine the clues, filter out the red herrings, and only then will we know who the werewolf is. Are you suggesting a break in the proceedings, so we can each decide who we think the werewolf is? I think we can find an easier method. Look out of the window. The moon is up. Pretty soon someone in this house is going to turn into a werewolf, and then I'll have to remove its guts. Now, 
Is there any more of that delicious wine? Blue none, isn't it? Roy, I hardly think that Madeline here is the beast. Why, it could just as well be Ian. Or Tony Hans himself. Do you really think a man with a golden car and a boot full of champagne is really going to turn into a werewolf? He wants to love the ladies, not eat them. Now, you must excuse me, gentlemen. I think I should go and check on Ian. Please, start dinner without me. Oh, something the matter? What? Uh, nothing, Professor. Just a twinge in my back. Heavy lifting. Or something. There goes a brave, brave man. Have you seen him like this before, Madeline? Madeline? She's taken a knife! Well, there you go. If she was a werewolf, why would she need a knife? I've seen Crufts. Quickly, we need to get after them. Madeline! That was a manly scream. Tony. Come on, Lorimer! In here! You're not Wolfie. Ian! (gasps) Is he all right? Well, judging by these horrific tears to his stomach and the fact you're standing on his kidney, I'd say no. Am I? Ian, Ian, can you hear me? Can you tell us what happened? No, no, still not sure. I've got a pad here. Could you write it down? No, I I suppose not. Oh, he's gone. I wish I could understand a word he said. It's most frustrating. Madeline, when you were here... How about some truth, darling? You're no monster hunter. Well, Madeline? He's right in a way, Lorimer. But in another way, he's wrong. What? Quiet. Roy's right. I'm not a professional monster hunter. I didn't come here to kill a werewolf. I came here to kill Tony Hans. What? Over a hundred years ago, my family were partners with the Hanses in the mustard trade. They were just starting out. But the promise of success was a sweet reality. Then, that reality was snatched away from us. But how? According to my great-grandfather's journal, Carlton Hans made a deal with an ancient society. Go into partnership with them, and they would make him powerful. All the recipes my family invented were stolen, and we have lived in abject poverty ever since. But you said you'd read my book. I have. You see, according to the memoirs, that ancient society was the Brotherhood of the Wolf. No. That's why I read your book. I didn't believe it, not really, but I thought I could kill Hans and make it look like he'd been killed by a werewolf sent by the Brotherhood. But I didn't need to. No, because there really was a werewolf. Tony Hands. What? Don't you see, Roy? It all makes sense. The back pain, the hatred of mustard. Why, all the cutlery is gold, not silver. The Brotherhood must have turned Carlton Hands into a werewolf, and he passed that curse down the generations. Tony Hands might not even know that he is a werewolf. All this exposition is getting us nowhere. Lorimer, is your gun loaded with silver bullets? Well, yes, of course. Right. You two stay here in case he comes back. I'm getting my silver fighting gloves out of the car. I'm going to fight me a wolf. Lorimer, I deceived you. I'm sorry. Can you forgive me? What happened in my past, it... My dear, I always say the past is another country. Like Stoke. Oh, Lorimer. Come on, Mr. Hands. Here, boy. Now, what is it you can feed dogs? Sausages? Hello? 
Is there someone there? I can assure you that this is not in the least bit amusing. I shall report this. Sweet godmothers, look at the size of that. That's it, fella. Now sit. Stay. Alright, don't stay. Just watch the car. Ooh, that's a Jensen, you furry bastard! Right, here goes. Let's hope these gloves hold. Have a bit of this, hands! Ooh, that was my drinking hand. That's gonna be a nasty bruise. Still, I'm sure I'll be able to claw back some dignity. Oh right, there's no one here. Well, no one but you, Tony, and you're a dog, so it doesn't count. Tony? Tony? Damn. Lorimer! Look out! He's heading back to the house! Can we see each other when this is all over? Well, attempted murder is technically a crime, but you didn't actually kill anyone, did you? So it probably doesn't matter. And you have shown considerable skill in monster hunting, even if that all was just a tissue of lies in an attempt to kill an innocent man for the crimes of his long-dead relatives. But perhaps I could train you, let you put your skills to good use. Yep. I meant, can we see each other socially? Oh. Oh, well, I, um... I, I... If what's happened tonight makes things difficult, then of course... Uh, no, 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 it's not that, my dear. It, it's just... What? Oh, yeah. Uh, my track record with women, it, it's not really my scene... And since Margot... Margot was your wife? Yes. What happened to her? It's not something I find very easy to put into words, but she was killed. I'm sorry. It's all right. Perhaps you're right. Perhaps when all this is over, I should try again. Perhaps dinner? What a good idea. Who wants to be the hors d'oeuvre? Tony Hands! What the hell has happened to him? Judging by the burnt outline of a fist across his face, I'd say Roy Steele. The silver in his gloves must have been enough to partially trigger Hans's transformation. He's trapped. Half wolf, half man. And all hungry. Listen to me, Hans. Fight it. You don't want to eat us. Look at our grisly bodies. Sorry, my dear. Uh, that's all right, Lorimer. What's happened to me? I feel so... so hairy. You hired us to find a werewolf, but didn't realize it was actually you. You're cursed. Cursed by the actions of your own family. Their greed has caused your downfall. Lorimer, be careful. Don't get too close. <sighs> Can you change me back? I'm sorry. It's a one-way process. Once you're on board, there's no return journey. Like the buses. What's that you've got behind your back? A gun? I'm sorry. It's the only way. <laughs> Lorimer, look out. He's going to pounce. Madeline, get out of the way. Laurie! <laughs> no! Let me put this gun down. Now look, try not to speak. Is... is it bad? No, no, most of it's probably his blood. He's lying on the other side of the room. Yes, sorry, I was trying to make you feel better. Lorimer, I 
can't live like this. His bite. I can already feel it working. Look at my wounds. His werewolfy abilities are healing me. You have to kill me, Lorimer. No. Look, maybe there's something we can do. But you said yourself. It's a one-way process. Yes, but I've been wrong before. Have you? Yes. Once? You sweet man. Please. You must. Let me go and get my books. I'm sure I can find a way to lessen the effects. I'll get a leash as well in case you turn wolf tonight. Lorimer. No, no, it'll be all right. I promise you, Madeline. Quick, Lorimer. Tony Hands is on his way here right now. He's turned into some kind of huge slavering man beast. It's all right. I've killed him. Oh, well done. Drink? I can't. No time. Roy, take care of Madeline. What's going on here, Lorimer? Have you two had a lover's tiff? No, Mr. Steele. I've been bitten. Please, I implore you. Don't make me live like this. Look at my hands. They're growing. Please, Mr. Steele, you must put me out of my misery. Kill me. Roy, in the car, the demonomicon. There's a chapter on werewolves. There must be something in there. Lorimer. Please, Roy. I'm sure there's something I can do. Mr. Steele. Just hold on a minute there, ladyface. I don't usually like to make a woman wait, but that there's Lorimer Chesterfield. And inside his head lies a brain of science. What say we let him take it for a test drive? Thanks, Roy. Then, gentlemen, I'm sorry. Hang on, she's got your gun. Madeline, no! Oh, Madeline. She shot herself. Yes, thank you, Roy, I can see that. Laura, you okay? I can't believe she... She was about to wolf up. Uh, well, yes, I I suppose you're right. It's just... I... What? Nothing. You know, in the end, I think we've learned something important. That Madeline Lockhart might have been cleverer than the both of us? That she knew as well as we did there was no escaping her fate? So she did the only thing she could do and took her own life? No. That even the mustard trade can be the source of unholy terror. What? I'll be in the car. Dormer? What? Source? Like the mustard? I thought that was a good one. Lorimer! Lorimer! The Heir of the Dog was written and directed by Peter Davis and Matthew Woodcock. With Matthew Woodcock as Roy Steele, Peter Davis as Lorimer Chesterfield and Ian, Panny Scrivanos as Tony Hans, England's richest man, Laura Marshall as Madeline Lockhart and the local girl, and Simon Dylan Kane as Sir Maxwell House. Engineered and edited by Peter Davis, music and sound effects supplied by Chaotic Creations. With thanks to Heather Duell, Laura Davis and Emma Gibbs. Visit our website at www.themonsterhunters.com. This was a Newgate production. So it's important, of course, obviously, to keep a good arm movement. So you go 
from the outside slowly okay. to the middle, right. quickly. Oh. And that's how you make gravy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh hello, hello there, again. listeners. Welcome to Hunting Monsters, the making of the Monster Hunters, Avec le Monster Hunters. Greetings to you. Well, I'm Peter Davis, and that is Matthew Woodcock. And we're here to now, to now, exactly. To now. And here, right now, to tell you all about episode two, The Heir of the Dog. Now, here's an interesting fact about The Tell Heir me. of the Dog. Some of you might have no- not noticed that the title, The Heir of the Dog, yeah. is kind of a pun or a gag. What do you mean? Well, Hair of the Dog is what you have when you've oh, been Oh, Hair drinking. of the Dog. Hair of the Dog. Oh, right? I just got that. Because he is the son of he's a werewolf. An, he's an he's heir. He's an heir. But of it's the dog, spelt like hair. Yeah, that's it's, very clever, isn't it? That's <laughs> boy, that's what three years of university level education. Do. <laughs> we had to do a werewolf story. We had of, to. This is the first one we did. This, yeah, this which isn't connected that wasn't to the based play. On the play that we did. So we needed we needed six monsters for and the I first think series. We sat down and we didn't drink. And what? <laughs> I think we came up with the monsters sober. I think we did. Yeah. I mean, there are some classic monsters you have to touch on, and Werewolf yeah. is one of them. And the genesis of this comes from a film that you made me watch. The Beast Must Die. Indeed, which is... You, you, everyone needs to see this film. It, it is, is ridiculous. A truly... If you, once you've seen Dracula AD 1972, this is yeah, kind of on. another of the kind of set texts of the Monster Hunter. Because there's something that happens in this film that we actually mentioned yeah. we, in we riff on in the, in the episode. Actually, listening to it again, which I did recently... One of the things I noticed was that it starts to cement some of the things that we do later on. A char- the character moments in it, like yeah. with Madeline Lockhart, mm-hmm. who's who's kind of set up as being Lorimer's love interest, yeah. but then she's also very, very He helpful. has a few, doesn't he? He does, but he never... Yeah. You'll he notice never in the there, first though. series yeah. there's this kind of thing that we wanted to talk about him having recently been, been widowed yeah, and, and how that affects him and juxtapose that with Roy's blatant misogyny. Because in the first episode... We're really kind of setting up Roy as being this over-the-top, unpleasant playboy. Yeah. And in the second one, we've got this capable werewolf-hunting woman turns up. Mm. And Roy tries all his moves. Yeah, and she's having none of it. And she's having none of it. I remember very clearly, this is right at the beginning, of course, so we hadn't really cemented the characters down properly. And we were writing this um, in sort of pieces back and forth between the two of us. And I had an idea for the... Yeah, because I had the idea for the end. Yes. So she's going to turn into a wolf. Lorimer's going to go and get his books out of the car to check it. He says to Roy, take care of her. He leaves and Roy just shoots her. And that's the end of it. It was written in a a funny way so that it was sort of a misunderstanding. But you turned around and said... That's not Roy. Roy wouldn't do that. And it's not a, a good enough ending for her. And I remember very clearly that. And I realised I'd written it as a, as a throwaway gag, which completely didn't pay any service to his or her characters. The people at home, both of them, <laughs> <laughs> that old gag never gets old, um, mm. might be interested in how do we generally... We were certainly at this point, because well, we were a lot... Different, of, different lot yeah. over the years, but we... Would get together. Um, we would sit down in a room. Sit down in a room. We'd have some wine, and we would sit with the computer, and all of a sudden grab it from each other. And go, oh, 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 yeah. I'll, and I'll do a bit here. And, uh, but I think we got kind of a simpatico going. It was. Oh kind yeah, of... we certainly we've, we're very very similar sensibilities. Yes. And the next day we go through it and, and correct all the spelling errors. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's also this episode has the f- the first 
Um, homage to one of my favourite movies of all time, An American Werewolf in London. It does indeed. Which uh, has a little little bit of dialogue by Roy, taken from the, the, the chap on the subway, the London Underground in, in the movie, uh, which I made you listen to, so you, you did, did it exactly how you he said it in I remember the film. Because we did it in, we did some Bond, there's little There's little some Bond, Bond stuff as well, yeah. in, in the first Basically, one, in the first series, one. there's lots of Bond and... Doctor Who references yeah, and they, throughout. Yeah, and they disappear once I think we're yeah. feeling a bit more confident about it all. The first three episodes have a little arc about Lorimer, and, and I think this one and the next one are vital to understanding Lorimer Chesterfield as a character, yeah. but also as a man. <laughs> a man-richter. Um, so this one was the first one that was written as a an audio play from the beginning rather than having to be adapted from a stage yeah. play. So that made, made it quite freeing, really, because you've got to do... We need a lot, so you might notice there are a lot more scenes than in the first yeah. episode. And all of a sudden we're outside, we're inside, we're going... All yeah, there is. Because um, the first one was, was kind of based on a, a, a play script. So a lot of it is set inside and... And, and mainly within one single yeah, location, yeah. whereas this is... But this goes all over the place. You've got the realized, outdoors, yeah. you've got the computer room, which I loved. Yeah, that's I know, really I great. Do. And you've got the... The opening the scene rooms. where he's um, with the and lady the in the car. And that was that was recorded in an actual oh, yeah. car, wasn't it? Behind the scene, that was actually recorded in yeah. a car. The first few episodes have got... The first episode, there is a corridor sequence with Roy in it, and yep. that is recorded in an actual corridor, which makes it really nice and We echoey. did some... Yeah, and this is on location this recording. The car, I'm not sure whether you can totally tell it's a car, I don't know. Is It gives you a different kind of... Well, you, I think you can. They, you, they, they, they say it is, and you can hear yeah, the doors open. You can closing. hear the doors open. Those were, that was done live. That was nice. I enjoyed... I really wish we did more of that, actually, mm. to take, take it. It's, it's harder to control, but there are certain nice yeah. things you get from that. Also, the, this episode was the first one that I'd actually tried to make... A bit scary in the yeah. end. So the stuff with the the wolf, especially when it, it's approaching Roy. If you think about the first episode as being kind of a mission statement as to what yeah. what it is, and it it crystallizes and distills what the stage play had been. I think the the second episode, this episode, is very much what the audio version of the Monster Hunters is. It's very. Yes. It's a, there's a lot of it that is different. There are points where it's slightly less completely silly there's moments of character in it yeah you can feel us finding out how it works on audio and on that note we're going to wrap up this episode and we're going to talk to you again soon on episode three so thank you matthew thank you peter thank you very very much anytime sir thank Um, you for listening thank you both of you and we'll see you soon we will we won't actually see you we will you will hear us you will hear us soon bye bye Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.